but I believe that's the queue. Okay, uh, what's up everybody? I'm Hubert, your host today. Ralph is on vacation, so he will not be joining us today. Um, today's episode is uh, Quicks. I have two of the most active participants in the streaming community, uh, Tune and Mike. Um, and uh, Mike is the founder and CEO of Quicks. Uh, super happy that you can join me here and uh, Tune. Uh, has been in the business for quite a while, I hear, and knows a lot of stuff. He is both VP of Data and DevRel, which I have a lot of questions about <laughs> later on. <laughs> this There's a queue for this. <laughs> yeah, I uh, guess get prepared for, for those questions. Um, anyway, um, just a brief introduction. Uh, um, Quicks streams is a cloud native solution for stream processing using pure python it's designed to give you the power of a distributed system in a lightweight library um mike i will start off with you if you don't mind um what was your motivation for starting quicks hey hubert uh yeah thanks a lot for for hosting very nice to be here and um thanks for the the kind the kind words in the beginning um yeah, the motivation really was uh, we've been we were working. The founding team was working in the, in the McLaren Racing Group for a number of years, three years, building out our event streaming architecture, and um, we had a lot of fun doing that. We built a lot of technology, um, and at the end of the journey, uh, as you know, there is no end of the journey, so we still had a lot to do. It's um, like streaming, um, right? Man, there's no yeah, end. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like we we really understood how difficult it is to build an event streaming platform and how uh even more difficult it is actually to bring that to the business value so how do you actually build event streaming applications um and more importantly enable people across your organization to build those applications so your platform team isn't the bottleneck and um we got to a place where we had a good platform we had we had kafka as the as as the as as the backbone we were streaming data we had data storage systems um, we had applications in production, um, but we sort of hit the limits where we were really trying to roll it out and get our teams within the business to 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 take data, um, to build their own apps, to test those apps and then deploy them to production. And um, we needed to find a way to iterate and go faster because, you know, Formula One's incredibly competitive. Um, each team, I don't know if you know this, each team um, on average goes about a tenth of a second per lap faster per race. Um, so unless you're able to take data from one race, incorporate it into your into your modeling, into your knowledge uh, and understanding of the car and the tracks, um, update your code, update your models and uh, redeploy it within sometimes just four or five days between races, um, you're effectively at risk of going backwards down the grid. Um, so it's really a highly competitive environment and we needed to find a way to unlock that and go faster. And um, Quicks is really a culmination of all of that experience and thinking, well, how do we actually enable developers to build on top of e event streaming infrastructure, um, which I think is just becoming, you know, even more, ever more, uh, ever more valuable, ever more interesting, ever more core to, to modern businesses. A great, great introduction. Um, love that motivation. Uh, there's a lot of questions that I'd love to in, uh, unpack there a little bit. Um, I have those kind of lower down in the list here. Um, let me switch to a tune. Um, here's your 
VP versus data uh, um, or, or or versus a you know DevRel uh, role. What's uh is there an overlap and why why those two two roles? Right. Yeah, it's interesting. Um... I think for me, the business of data and being in data leadership is always about education. Um, you know, I built my career being a contractor consultant, and a lot of the time you're going in to um, solve that problem of we don't know how to move from here. So there's a big education piece. Um, there's a lot of you know content writing. There's a lot of um, you know rolling up your sleeves and getting there in the mud with with the folks there who are individual contributors. So there's a lot of that. So it's kind of like a hybrid role. Um, realistically, in um, the stage that Quicks is at, you know, we are kind of a Series A startup, so um, still very much near the beginning. That means uh, a bit of everything. Um, so as well as, you know, being here speaking to you and like selling on the dream, um, I guess <laughs> the best the best way to tell this story is, I guess, like, so Quicks turned um, three, so its third anniversary was in March of this year. And um, I've known uh, Mike for as long. And when we first met, it was like a beer somewhere in central London, right? And you're like, hey, I'm I'm going to leave McLaren. I'm going to start yeah. this company called Quicks. And you're talking about stream processing. And What did you say like, at the time? You're like, you're an I said, <laughs> <laughs> I said, I love being an analytics. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What do I know back then? Um, but anyway, like what, what I thought back then three years ago was that, you know, I've been working with Kafka. I've been working with um, streaming technology for a while. I just didn't believe that we were going to have it was going to have its moment at that point in time, and you know what Mike just described, what he was trying to build and solve at McLaren. I was kind of like, can this really be done? You know, because you know Mike himself and the team they always got really close, but you know business priorities and all like you get pulled in all directions. So it was kind of like, I love that vision. I think you can do it, but part of me is kind of like, this is risky. And then I think you are, we had another beer, like <laughs> I think another year or two down the line, I said no again. And then eventually I said yes, because um, yeah. And that was like, what, I've been here about seven months. And prior to that, I could see there was a real turn in the tide. Like you see a lot of investment going in. Mm -hmm. um, there's a lot of attention on that. Somewhere between all of that, you know, LLMs happened, ChatGPT happened, that shift towards higher data quality. All those things I've been talking about for a long time when you know I'm consulting at um, these large companies, all that came back into the foreground. Like we actually hear about processing data as it comes in. The value of data is the moment it gets generated. So all those conversations were happening again. So it just felt right. And you know, we strongly believe that, you know, streaming versus batch, that whole argument will go away because people will eventually realize um, you know, you can do both. And there are times when you you should always do both. Interesting, um, uh, Mike. The the use case you were talking about the racing and the uh, you know streaming and, and and machine learning. This is obviously why you created a Python streaming platform and library, right? Because um, it is these are very hard problems to solve, especially in real time, right? A, uh, <clears throat> so why um, why go open source with this uh, with this project? Yeah, good question. Um, I mean, firstly, on the use case, I mean, streaming, like, as opposed to batch, where batch is basically building, well, the primary value of it is let's create some intelligence dashboards and things for humans to look at. Streaming is not. Streaming is an automation technology. So how do you automate your insights? How do you actually act on them when without using a human? You use machine learning, don't you? And um, Python being the, the lingua franca there. Um, 
is going to be at the forefront of that sort of move towards automation with streaming. Mm. The challenge is that there's just no good Python libraries out there to support the streaming use case, uh, especially not directly on Kafka. Um, and actually, if you see most of the movement in the market today, it's all SQL based. So that's sort of got the analytical thinking in it, whereas I'm not talking about analytical, I'm talking about automation with ML. Mm. Um, so yeah, unlocking a different a different opportunity there with, through, through a Python based library. Um, yeah, and so the, the fundamental value of the library there, it's um, cloud-native Python library. So it's a simple library, not a complex engine like Flink, which needs separate clusters and has DSLs, and you inject your code into, a, into, a, into an engine and get, get a response back. It's a library. It runs in containers. Uh, anybody can deploy it, and you can scale it out using cloud-native you know, Kubernetes orchestrator. Um, so it's really modern way to do code uh, or application development. And um, what we're building is something called streaming data frames. So we're going to be launching just in about a month, uh, an early release of uh, streaming data frames, uh, which is a pandas like interface to your streaming data. Um, and you can yeah, get in touch with us and to talk more about that and get access to that, 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 uh, that library when it's released. Um, really to simplify quite dramatically doing a lot of the stateful operations that you need to use in a streaming context, um, which today is pretty hard. Um, why open source? I mean, because that's uh, that's who we are. You know, we leverage a lot of open source technologies. We, we build on Kafka and Kubernetes and Docker and Git and, and others. And... Um, we really believe in the value of the community and contributing to um, the direction of of the library. Um, so already we open we actually open sourced it uh, back in February this year, February or March this year, and then we spent a lot of time. We spent the whole year actually developing it in collaboration with people we spoke to after the launch, Thanks. and um, the feature set that's coming out, the API that we're developing around streaming data frames is directly influenced by the conversations we've been having with the community. Um, so yeah, it's just incredibly, incredibly important to get early adopters using it and giving you feedback, and um, and then also hopefully contributing to to the code base and the direction of travel. So it's still early days for the open source project, but we're really excited because it's differentiated from things like Flink and Spark and um, it serves a specific purpose for a specific group of people. So if you want to bring machine learning to your to your Kafka streams, then mm -hmm. then quick streams is going to be the way to do it. Um, when I was at Confluence uh, years back, um, that was like the holy grail that could never be found, right? Streaming and ML put together, right? It was there were too many problems figuring out how to train it online, how to deploy it in real time, what that life cycle looks like. Um, can you explain what that life cycle is with uh, when using Quicks and ML? Oh, I, yeah, I, 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 mean, I, I, yeah, I was going to say. I guess we both got a bit of context there, but the first thing is like you don't have to train it online, of course. Um, you still train models in a batch world. Um, we've actually got a nice blog out somewhere, which is the impedance gap between batch and streaming, which is a big part of the problem that you're talking about, Hubert. Um, so you're gonna collect data in a warehouse and you're gonna train your models with Jupyter, like just the way that you normally train models today. 
But when you want to move that model to streaming, the entire world changes for you. You need to cache data. You need to use feature stores. Um, you need to deal with out-of-order data. You might need to collect data into um, interstate uh, in order to you know, do some pre-processing. Um, so there's a whole world of problems that come upon you when you move your code from Jupyter to, to you know, streaming deployment. Um, and, and that's where you start to fall over. So like, I'll give you an example in McLaren, we had our data scientists developing models and um, then we would basically take that model and, and pickle it and put it into a, um, put it into a service and deploy it and it wouldn't work. And we kind of found out things like out of order or late arriving data would just completely throw the logic of your model because the, the model is trained on a very nice set you know, very nice ordered tabular data format in the perfect world offline. Um, and when you come to out of order data, it's just one example, the model really starts to struggle with it. So you have to be able to train and test your model against this type of errors that you get wow. in a real, real, real time context. Um, and then, of course, when you get more advanced, you've got companies like TikTok that are doing training online and mm -hmm. um, doing A-B testing and serving the models uh, more frequently. Um, so Tun, Tun probably can get more into that state, but certainly there's like, I think when you're moving machine learning to streaming, you're still going to train on batch. You're still going to train on historic data. Um, and then what we are trying to do with the Quickstreams uh, library and, and indeed our Quicks, um, our Quick SAS tool is solve all of the challenges that you face when you're moving, you know, this impedance gap between batch and streaming, um, which today is a big problem. Yeah, I think it's the case of like everything you said, like whilst it's, you know, completely feasible to have feature stores, et cetera, all this stuff um, for reproducibility and being able to audit it even in a batch system uh, for training, um, everything just needs to work faster. So that's one point. The other point's around the mindset. So um, when you're training um, models offline, there's this kind of like finality to it. Like you've essentially, it's reached its final form and you kind of like want to keep an eye on it, but you, you know, the accepted wisdom sometimes is you don't have to because like, you know, the model or the data drifts like so slowly. Um, so you're already entering into this with this mindset of not allowing it to evolve. Whereas in streaming, the data is unbounded, it keeps coming in. So your mindset shifts to, okay, I got to keep an eye on this. So mm -hmm. you start thinking about observability, you start thinking about model drift and how you can detect that and deploying the right um, metrics and algorithms. So I think you kind of enter into streaming, it's a lot more, there are a lot more concerns there. And so you're kind of bombarded with it. And that's almost why people are resistant to moving to streaming in the first place. Mm. As a concept, there are just more kind of alien concepts to cover. And um, sometimes when it all comes at you at the same time, you kind of tend to retreat, right? So I think there's that, but just like the underpinning mindset is is a very big one I've noticed. Like certainly when talking to customers, they, they're just like, oh man, I've got to think about consumers, <laughs> think about partitions and, and offsets and like there, are, these are completely different terms to a traditional database setup, uh, which is, you know, essentially like what you're trying to do. You're trying to invert that database, right? <laughs> and, and and you're getting your states, you're getting your state uh, stored elsewhere and getting it in a different mechanism, and that just scares. Uh oh, looks like he stopped there for a second. Oh, I do have a question about about what he uh, what uh, Tun is um talking a little bit about. Does it do data scientists require streaming streaming knowledge when um, he or she does their work on their ML models and, and so on? Is, is, that, is that required? Does the streaming need to be 
understood that it's you know that the data set that I'm consuming is streaming that I need to t- treat it differently. Does does Quicks kind of obfuscate that a little bit or not? Um, so the the with the vision of the streaming data frames, you're going to bring exactly the same coding that you've always done for batch into a streaming world. Um, what you do need to be aware of is things like um, failure management, so things like checkpointing and states. So this is more of probably more of an MLOps type work, actually. I mean, data scientists, they're going to do their work and develop their model, but it's the MLOps part, ML engineering, where you're going to take the models and deploy them to production. Um, that's where you need to start to be aware of states, um, checkpointing, and these other um, features of streaming and Kafka in particular, which let you scale horizontally. Um, so partitions and uh, consumer groups and, and other things like that. Um, but again, part of the part of the mission of, of quick streams, streaming data frames is to reduce some of those barriers. So um, quick streams will take care of them for you to some extent. What, are, what about um, like Psychic uh, Learn? Um, I, I think what I remember when I used to use it back back in the day um it's typically used on like bounded data are, are are these new is the the streaming data frames that you're going to have soon going to enable libraries like scikit-learn to be able to yeah exactly okay. yeah so you can basically import scikit-learn and um you can use the scikit-learn features on a table and what quick streams is going to help you do is hold a bounded amount of data in memory so you can run those operators on it and then that that table is going to slide across time so that you're going to keep data in state for a window. Nice. I've been using this um, lately, this new library called, uh, I don't know how new it is, but it's called River ML. Are you guys are familiar with River? Um, I, I'd, I'd love to hear if there's any comparison between River and some of the things that you guys are doing to enable um, uh, data scientists to be able to work with data, moving data like in streams. Yeah, like um, I think we've come across River. Um, yeah, for us, it's really about going back to the whole kind of like pipes and filters, those integration pans. It's just building pipelines. That's really like how it is. Um, in terms of you know like your previous question around data scientists like the tooling they understand the knowledge that they have mm-hmm. um, generally with data scientists like they have to deploy and um, part of the curriculum is usually to learn Docker and to containerize um, your models containerize applications that you know the APIs uh, that will serve these models so it works in a very similar way. Um, one of the advantages, I guess, with Quicks is that we have, um, aside from Quickstreams being an open source like Python client library and everything being in Python, we have an open source um, kind of connectors library, like a code samples library, which enables you to connect to like loads of different sources and different destinations. And it's something that we're excited about, you know, partnering with other vendors and other technology providers on because, um, you know, part of part of I mean the success is really how well you can connect everything together. Like uh, Mike and I were talking about, like uh, the Elk stack earlier, like um, like with Elastic, Logstash, and Kibana. And you know, you look at something quite mature like Logsta- Logstash. Um, it has like in, in their world they call it plugins, but lots of input and output plugins to so many of the popular like log producing and log consuming technology um, vendors. And so I think that's part of 
the goal. So that's something that we're always going to strive to do better. Um, so this, I, 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 have, I come from a streaming background, and it's always been kind of a hard thing to sell the idea of streams to to engineers that don't aren't experiencing it or anything or, or 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 whatnot especially around data scientists when you start to talk about streams it gets a bit even harder because if you're already talking to data engineers that are afraid to go to streams uh, it might be even harder for for data scientists um <clears throat> yeah i don't i don't think there should be any um uh push for data scientists to move mm. into streaming. Their world is always going to be a data set and it's always going to be maths and statistics. I mean, just looking at River, yeah, they're implementing a whole bunch of, you know, statistical libraries like uh, drift detection and recommender systems and time series forecasting. So that's that's you know, the bread and butter of a data scientist, which is an incredibly mm. skilled role, is doing science with data. Right. Um, so quick, quick streams is going to be a machine learning library. Uh, sorry, an ML ops library, like an ML engineer's best friend. Um, it's how do you take, how do you take all that logic out of the world of the data science um, team, and ship it to production? How do you have business value? Um, I, I uh, you know, I don't advocate in most organisations. The data scientists probably won't do that themselves. They've got the, they've got another job to be done, and a hard one at that. I completely agree. Completely agree. Um, I'd love to. Yeah, I, I feel like I need to ask this question. <laughs> um, how would an LLM like use case work with Quicks? I, mean, I only ask it because it's so trendy right now, and uh, even like the VCs are asking questions about their founder. What do their founders want? Funny that. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, I. I feel like I need to ask a question just 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 for some clarity from your perspective at at Quicks. I think Kafka and streaming is going to play a really big part in the LLM future. Um, why? Because um, it's a real time system, and LLMs almost always have got a human in the loop. Right? It's me asking a system for something, and then the system goes away and gives me an answer. Um, so that needs to be real time, like humans we now have got a very small tolerance for slow apps and apps which fail uh, and kafka really solves both of those things um, they're also pretty complicated and distributed when you think about the need to um, call vectors from a database and uh, do prompt engineering and send that to a model and get a response and then maybe even validate the model's response to see whether it's ethical you know, and compliant to your business's, um, uh, I don't know, blue rules, uh, rules of engagement. Um, it's really quite an LLM backend is really quite a distributed system. And Kafka's really good at being a dist you know, an orchestrator mm -hmm. for a distributed system. Um, so I think these things combined. So we want real time app that's reliable is distrib It's a distributed app. And, um, and if you're any, if you're working in a business which I guess has got a successful app, then it's probably going to have some sort of scale as well. So, um, you know, my wife, my wife works in in finance, and uh, says so a big British bank, and they're talking about putting LLMs for customer support, and that's twenty odd million mobile subscribers plus, right? More than twenty million mobile application subscribers with many millions of daily active logins. 
And if they're all going to be hitting your LLM back end, then you're going to want that to scale horizontally as well. Um, so I think Kafka and streaming actually is going to be at the heart of the future of the LLM uh, story. Uh, but maybe I'm going to be wrong, Cuba. What do you think? <laughs> well, <clears throat> from experience, I was just in Vegas a few weeks back and um, uh, the hotel suggested i interface with them using text messages like you know like that's why i text them you know what time is this the pool close and i i don't feel like there's a person back there that's actually responding it, it feels very llm-ish in the back end right so um i think there's going to be a hybrid i, th I think people are going to cheat somehow um they're going to find a way to actually enable that um and and i think if you want true um language models that are interfacing with customers i think you need to do have a, have a really good streaming backend that knows ml um really well to be able to update and say if i if i happen to just change the time because there's a you know the, there's going to be like a party at the pool or something and then it closes early and i go in and change that really quickly will that llm pick that up uh fast enough right um will that LLM provide other suggestions right where where else to go or what to do right not just like you know times but other things that that doesn't you know allow you to lose money like how do you keep them in the how do you keep the the people in your your gambling casino that don't make them leave right those those yeah. things all right it is i think it's going to be a really hard problem to solve yeah um, and i think yeah. There's a lot of need for data enrichment and bringing context to the LLM. Like this, this example of the pool closing time, there's going to be a system somewhere in that casino where somebody's going to input, okay, we're shutting the pool at six instead of eight. And that's a, that's a distributed you know, piece of the system. And that's going to have to update. And the LLM backend is going to have to go and look at that frequently and, and or receive that update. So it's, it's, for me, it's clearly going to be an event-driven architecture um so yeah i'm excited to see where it goes yeah i can see that working you've got like change data capture like on that database right. like when they're changing the the, the the time and stuff and it's funny because yeah. like when you look at google reviews you see like quite a good portion of them sometimes for some restaurants and establishments where <laughs> someone's giving them one star because like, i came and you were closed yeah <laughs> so totally like unreasonable reviews um <laughs> but i like that i mean you used the word cheat code earlier and like the cheat code really is the fact that we have these open source llms that have you know like like falcon 7b and you know things like that so we already have this massive like leg up where we have a great starting point and the future is really to fine train these models and you can only really do that effectively and respond to things happening like in like kind of like into day um mm -hmm. by you know adopting a streaming architecture so for example you know you you would receive events kind of like you know the changes in date time and stuff um but also on much more broader knowledge base like let's say you do have chat rooms and things like that like mm -hmm. taking those events taking the information from there creating you know those embeddings throwing them in a kind of like vector database all that stuff can happen in real time and so um why wait for that hourly job why wait for the you know daily job um get that value like why wait for value is always like the quote right so um you can just do it immediately if you put a bit of thought into it and I think so many, yeah, so many companies are doing it now. Like you said, like quite, quite likely, like Vegas has adopted LLMs. I mean, all those tech conferences going on. <laughs> I'm sure someone's heard, someone's heard a rumor and went, right, let's just do it. Exactly. With these um, 
as ML as a model start to interface with customers and 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 so on. Uh, these these end users, they're not just like buying things. They they could be uh, making decisions, like critical decisions. They could be you know it could be healthcare related. Um, what what what's your thinking around like say ML governance? This is a, th a topic that I personally don't think is talked about enough, honestly. Um, ML governance, I think, is going to be critical in how you, especially if it's real time, how can you keep up with the the validity and the uh, the responses that your 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 models are giving in real time? Yeah, definitely. Um, one of the only ways really to understand an ML model is to look at what went into it and what came out of it, right? They're black boxes. I mean, probably the only the only way. Um, it's one of the reasons why um, machine learning doesn't go into um, aerospace, for example, in you know in passenger planes, because when you go to the regulators, you have to be able to explain your mathematics, right? Mm -hmm. So um, you have to actually be able to explain what happens in that box. Um, and in, in a system like an LLM system, and when when you send a response to a um, to a customer, and it's wildly outside the uh, the realms of acceptable response. Um, you're going to have to go, be able to go back and trace that and say, this message went in with these parameters, uh, these prompts, uh, and this message came out. And I kind of really want to understand why that happened and make sure it doesn't happen again. Um, and I just feel like Kafka, again, it's an immutable log. Um, it makes a lot of sense. You have an input topic to your model and an output topic. I can see a, an immutable log of what went in and what came out. It's going to make it very, very easy to understand governance around your machine learning, uh, sorry, your LLM application. Um, whereas, you know, if you store all this information, let's say you get all of your, um, let's say you get all of your microservice logs and you store them in a log store somewhere, you've got quite a lot of work to tie those things back together. Um, and also, it's it's a it's a mutable environment. Somebody can just go and change a database, right? So, um, yeah, another another thumbs up for Kafka there. Unfortunately, <laughs> it's just looking good. Any, like immutable log, basically. Yeah. yeah, I mean, like I think like you nailed it on that one. I think that's the main thing: being able to reproduce. And there, you know, like Microsoft and quite a few companies have released like really good. Um, tools that allow you to like create mutations at, like so, like or rather permutations where you can see like if you change something like what's the effect and you know this whole approach um, for for working on LLMs um, you may have heard of like reinforcement learning from human feedback or LHF like that is a great convergence of taking reinforcement learning which is essentially a large language model trained on you know a, a corpus of your knowledge base mm -hmm. and then adding a human into that loop helping like that um that llm start aligning with society and our values and like the ethics that we we demand like in our environment so i think like you know it, it's still i think in its early days i think there are, there are techniques still being figured out around that but like in terms of governance and ethics like a lot of these tools are emerging <laughs> just as quickly as the new llms themselves i'm finding like they're like oh, okay Things are moving much quicker now. Like the data quality, we sort of started getting that under control. Now, now, what's the next step? And it's just like that we're deploying the correct inferences. Right. Uh, I I believe that these systems are really hard to build, um, especially for like a single hotel in in Vegas. Um, I think that requires a lot of people. Talk about um, 
Quix's SaaS model and um, what you guys provide, how can one get started on it, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, so um, Quix provides one tool to build and run event streaming applications. Um, it's super cool because we abstract you off all the infrastructure. One of the big problems with, with building an event streaming app is you're going to need a lot of infrastructure, and that typically means you're going to need a lot of infrastructure people before you can start building your app. Um, and that indeed is the journey we went on in, in, in McLaren. Um, so quick subtract you off all of that. I think it's just four clicks to create an, an, what we call a project. So it's an application environment, link it to Git, um, and then you start building your app, uh, which are containerized services, uh, which are producing and consuming from Kafka. And as you're building that up in, in a Quicks environment, um, we're creating a YAML file for you. So you get that entire, the, the environment uh, of your application configured for you in YAML. And um, you can create different environments linked to different branches in Git. So you can have your dev branches and different different branches, different environments, and a production environment. And then just use your Git flows to move, move your application from, uh, from dev up to prod. Um, and all of this is nicely, you know, nicely managed with 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 your with your Git. Um, and as Tun has mentioned, we've we provide a lot of um, application templates, so you don't have to write a lot of code yourself. All the boilerplate and configuration is taken care for you. Um, and then there's standard connectors to things like sources and syncs. You know, like um, I don't know, uh, an IoT hub uh, source or an MQTT data source or um, something like a segment data source. They're all in, in Quicks already and, and standard syncs like um, uh, Snowflake uh, or, or, uh, or um, BigQuery or some other data store that you might want to send it to. Um, but the cool thing about Quicks is that you can also spin up little front ends so you can create a streamlet dashboard very quickly and, um, mm. and, and access that and make it real time um or an angular front end so really you can build the whole event streaming application in one in one environment um with one tool chain and and again all the monitoring and observability and logs and 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 some data tools things that you need to build an app are all in there um even even to test the app so we've we built a replay tool so you can choose some historic data and replay it into your application um, and that really helps you functionally test how your code's working before you move it up into mm -hmm. up into a, a staging environment or a prod environment so yeah it's three and a half years of development but there's a lot of tools there um and it's it's the, the usp it's one single tool um today you are going to have to go and face different tools even if you build on aws or azure standard components um within aws you've got you know, you go to a different area and you've got one one tool. And you, you, there's an MSK, and then you have to go somewhere else and configure configure something else and go somewhere else. And 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 this is like a really difficult environment to work in. So we simplified that and put it all in one um, all in one SaaS tool. Um, but the cool thing is, you can integrate. So if you're already running MSK, Quicks will run on top of MSK. If you're already running Confluent Cloud or maybe an Apache Kafka broker or a Red Panda broker, you can simply integrate that under Quicks and um, carry on building your application. Mm. I mean, I, I describe it as it's like, it's low code, but low code done right. So 
what that means is if you're a Python developer, you know Python, you can get started. Um, the abstraction that we have for the pipes and filters, for the um, for the actual interconnectivity, um, the containerization, all that's handled for you. Um, it's all managed by the, the Quick SAS platform. Um, you know, if your learning path is going from Python to starting to learn Docker, as a lot of data scientists do, and containerizing apps, like all of that code is there for you. It, you know, it's 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 completely open source there. So you can actually modify containers, change entry points. You can, you know, run off a different base image. Like there's so many different things you can do, and so it's all there for you if you choose to do it. So that's where the power is. So it, it's it's one of those tools that is very transparent and allows you to really configure and change things. Um, yeah, I, I, I guess the next frontier is really around, like, <laughs> as we think about GPUs, like, mm, mm. do we start buying stuff up and do we start, like, creating our own, like, little, like, data center that is specialized towards certain workloads? But for now, like, general purpose, it's, like, completely fine. Yeah, I had the um, the, the privilege to see uh, Quix's uh, demo on at uh, RTA Summit last, uh, last uh, spring, I think, I think it was. And I can attest to how simple it could be used. So it was a it was very, it was very nice to see see something that quick, um, uh, quickly built up right in, right in front of you. Um, I hear you guys are going to be at Current. Um, what are you guys going to be talking about there? Yeah, like what's what's our title? From zero to three hundred miles per hour um, towards the promised land. Um, what is that in uh, kilometers per hour for localization? It's about 400 odd, 430 like kilometers per hour. So pretty fast. That's like, I think the original talk is, I said like zero to 60, right? <laughs> so I was kind of like, you measure it like Ferraris and you know, all these supercars are measured in zero to 60. Like how fast is that? And you're like, we're talking about F1 cars. <laughs> we need, they go up to 300. So um, yeah, like the, I think this came about because um, Mike created this like um, like we use Miro um, internally for our whiteboarding and brainstorming, and there's this Miro with the Promised Land, and Mike's got a lovely diagram that you'll have to come to our talk to come and see. But it's got this very nice diagram that describes kind of like how you know team dynamics that I guess you know McLaren and kind of his observations have been, and I was kind of like this highly resonates with me because in my years of consulting, it always comes back to the same points, mm -hmm. and so uh, the talk is really I mean about building the kind of trust ownership and that culture and how you start doing that to build teams that can move very quickly and work with data very quickly. Um, in batch land, you know, you, you can let things like build up. In fact, you know, you, you create a delay to let all this stuff build up. But um, in a lot of these companies um, like McLaren, where you live and die by the 10 milliseconds that you gain, you know, every mm -hmm. lap, um, it's, it's highly critical that you you extract that value, like you figure out the insights as soon as possible. So, um, yeah, that is honed, I guess, Mike and his background and from my background with like high growth startups. Mm -hmm. um, it's just some of the lessons we've learned in how you enable that in teams and get them to switch to the right sort of mindset. Great. Um... What's uh, what's next for Quick? So I, I hear the the streaming data frames. I'm looking forward to using and hearing more about that. Uh, what else can we look forward to this year with uh, with with you guys? Yeah, I mean, we've got a major launch coming on the 26th of September. So that's actually going to um, that's going to release uh, what we call Quick Speed Two. So it's a really quite a major milestone forward. That's the things I described to you already about um, having separated development and production environments um, linked to your Git repo. Um, so that's a major, major step forward. And um, 
it, it enables us to have these application templates which are publicly available on the website. Um, so you're going to be able to come along there and see an app and, and use it um, on, on, on the public internet. Um, but then dive into the back end and actually click around the app and even clone it and get it running for yourself. Um, so this is all coming out on the 26th, I believe, of September. Um, and then on, in October, we're making a first uh, pre-release of the streaming data frames. Um, and the rest of the year is going to be, um, you know, lots of streaming data frames development. We've got a, quite a, a clear roadmap on that. So that's going to carry on developing and releasing. Um, so you should see a lot of action from the, the open source project. And um, yeah, and, and that's it. We, we're going to a few events. And uh, yeah, looking forward yeah. to uh, seeing you, I hope, Hubert. In, uh, yeah, I hope so. Um, yeah, I'll be interviewing people randomly. <laughs> I don't have anything. It's my, 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 this podcast is very raw. I was, I was telling uh, Tom um, earlier, it's... I, I, there's no music or anything. I'm try, still trying to figure all that part out. So <laughs> I saw all those guitars behind you in, in one of the other videos. Like maybe, yeah, we could create a jingle. That's that's yeah. the, the point of music. Yeah, right. uh, yeah, I mean, oh my, my camera. I'm not using a different camera up here. Yeah, just like <laughs> it's over there. Uh, <laughs> um, it's good, good quiver you got going there. So yeah, yeah. Um, so you'll be at current in a couple of weeks. Uh, anywhere else we can find you, uh, and where where should our audience um, go to to kind of figure out how to use Cooks and so on? Yeah, we're yeah, at a few others. So we're, uh, be... so we're we're at Big Data London first, mm. and then we're at um, Current, and then right after that we're at KeyCon. So um, yeah, we're going to have a booth at all. So like, uh, come on down and say hi and ask for a demo. Like, we'll be happy to show you like the power of using Python, like on, on our platform as well as our open source library. So I'd love to do that. Well, guys, Mike Toon, um, am, I, am I pronouncing your name? Is it Tun or Toon or? It's Tun. Tun, okay. Um, I'm super grateful for you guys uh, to join me at this. Uh, I'd love to talk more. Um, I think I have a lot of questions. Maybe we can do a version two or, or second second uh um uh, conversation with you guys um but good luck i look forward to seeing you guys at uh current and um uh you know go streams go quicks cool thanks awesome. a lot thank you, you it's been a pleasure. yeah see you guys been a pleasure catch you soon bye-bye bye, -bye. bye, -bye. bye.